All right, what's up? Uh, this is Danny back with Andy and Vincent. We watched, what do we watch? We watched Million Dollar Baby this week. Um, okay, we're gonna do some housekeeping before we talk about what we liked about the movie. So I, I thought we were gonna, just a, a way of sort of like handily talking about the movies or, or, or placing the movies that we're watching into tiers. I wanted to split things between like, so we have mainstream movies, tier one artsy, and then tier two artsy. So I think mainstream is like big box office stuff, like Avengers is like mainstream stuff. And then tier one is like, I would say Eternal Sunshine is like good, good poster child for tier one artsy, where it's like. Didn't that like get nominated for best picture? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so we'll, we'll talk about this, whether what, what bucket the Oscar movies fall okay, into. Okay. But, but in some way is like kind of breaking from convention, but it's still sort of like within the normal critical consensus kind of a thing. Like often these are just like well-reviewed movies that people think are okay, like pushing. Okay. So are they yeah, big okay. production companies? Like, Eternal Sunshine? Or indie? I don't know who like, made Eternal Sunshine. It could be, so it could be indies, but it, I like, I think you could probably find stuff at major studios that feels okay. like G- tier give one. An, give an example of tier two. Um, tier two is like, usually slower pacing often international so like french new wave stuff or like tarkovsky movies or uh werner herzog movies that's like tier two artsy stuff where it's like it's it's kind of like the classic like college kid like i actually want to go deeper into this movie stuff i'm going to watch international movie flicks artsy the the pedestrian will not have heard of it yeah yeah is there enough room in between tier one and tier two i think so I, well we'll we'll figure it out we we have we have okay. to start sketching this as we move and then i'm open to the idea of a tier three which is like stuff that is like shocking and out there and reactionary to tier two stuff i don't, I don't so think stuff we'll like harmony corinne stuff or like like weird a weird x-rated movie like sallow is kind of tier three it's like almost reactionary against like oh you think that's art to be like i'll do something ridiculous and out there or something like that but i don't i don't know if that's going to become a thing glad we're already yeah. bringing up sallow uh, on our second part yeah, sallow next week. Sallow. i don't know i don't know what that is but i think we should not sort our chickens before they hatch we I don't have, know we, what you mean. <laughs> I could, we we don't have a we haven't watched a tier two, one of these tier two movies yet. We haven't. I haven't even heard of a tier three movie. So like, let's just let's just let the good times roll right now. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk about if this movie falls and if this is mainstream movie or if this is tier one artsy because I think it's I, sort of in the middle of it. Whoa! Really? I I like completely think it's like a completely conventional movie. I like okay, every I think everything about it is conventional. Um I I, I, I agree it's a mainstream. Oh sorry, go ahead. No, I, I I feel that way about most Clint Eastwood movies, to be honest, or the 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 ones that I've seen. Like I, I don't I don't want to get too deep right now, maybe into how I feel about the movie, but I I thought a lot of you know the dialogue and the kind of um even even the even the story and the plot arc uh, to just kind of like was was is always conventional and and sometimes yeah, it I don't, even I, veers into cheesy to me 
I agree with a lot of that, although I will say I think the ending is at least pretty subversive. That's not to say that the ending works for me, but it's at least, it's very, very depressing. And there's like, there's essentially no, there's almost no levity whatsoever at the end of the movie, which I think that at least is slightly odd if we're talking like mainstream Hollywood stuff. Um, but it does, they make this movie for $30 million. It makes $215 million, wins Best Picture, Clint Eastwood wins Best Director. So I think there's, I think there's a decent argument to say that this is I mean, just basically mainstream movie stuff. It is, it is depressing, and it, I, I suppose in the scheme of Hollywood, it's subversive, but in the scheme of Clint Eastwood movies, I've seen a handful, but uh, I don't know. It's, it didn't seem very believable that he would, he would do this. You don't think he'd kill her? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I think. Sorry, no, I, I mean this uh this ending the way ending the way it did, I, I felt like very much in the uh in, in the normal vein of a Clint Eastwood movie. It's a what's not believable. You know, I said it was believable. Oh, it was believable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. Um are you thinking about his like post nineteen ninety stuff that he's directed kind of a thing or or stuff even before that that he's acted in. I mean, I think everything that I've seen has been wistful in a way, like a Grand Torino, and then I saw the the one in Mexico that came out during the pandemic, and maybe maybe one or two others. But yeah, it, it at least tries to grab at the heartstrings, and I think this was just like the the natural way to do it. Yeah. So do. Does the ending work for you guys? Because this is, I, I think this is the thing I'm most on the fence about with this movie is it's heartbreaking to a certain extent, but I'm not totally sure how in on the last half hour of the movie I am. I'm not totally sure if that. What do you I think mean? I, I like this. Well, I, so I think I like this movie before the last 40 minutes after she breaks her neck not just because it's sad, like there's some stuff that's really heavy and really depressing and sad, but this just doesn't totally stick the landing for me. I, I think the movie would have been completely, I mean, what I was saying about how conventional this movie is, like I th the movie would have been co so completely boring without that. There would have been nothing to this movie, I feel like, based, uh, like substantive. It's just like, you know, some, some poor girl has nothing, her or is she she's not you know she doesn't have good family she doesn't have money and she's all she's got is this boxing thing she works her way up at the gym she like keeps persisting until this guy takes her on and together of course they train she becomes the very best in the world and she wins the world title then what like that's that's not a that that would suck that'd be a terrible movie I, that's I, I that's why i hate superhero movies they're always they're always like that. They all have the same, they always have the same like heroic arc. Like, um, I, I, like I, like while I was watching, I was like, man, yeah, like this is the stupidest shit ever. She's just coming into the rings and beating these women. Of course she's going to win the world title. Like, why am I watching this movie? It's like, there's nothing here. And then, and then it, it completely 180 and like, I actually really appreciated that that change of tone like he they got me actually i i uh 
I was like, oh my God, this is so stupid and boring. And then, <laughs> and, then and then he, he, he laughed, he had the last laugh, but um, like, <laughs> how, how do you, how do you think it, like it, it, if they didn't do that, um, you know, what, what, what would have been more satisfying or, or better to you? Well, as I'm reflecting on it, I think my biggest problem with the movie is like the meat portion of the movie does feel bland and it's just not that good. And and by the meat portion, I mean, so, so there's like the first 40 minutes is like, she wants to train, he won't train him. Right. And then the last 40 minutes is she's paralyzed and it's how their relationship develops at the end of the movie. You would think like in most boxing movies, there's like this fun middle segment or like, if you want to take Rocky, like his climb to the top, his training, his sort of working his way up the rungs. Like that's actually a really enjoyable part of that movie to watch. And to me, that the pacing in the middle part of the movie felt almost odd. So I, I understand that like they're kind of setting it up for this dramatic ending where she gets paralyzed, but the boxing stuff is kind of flat to me. And her relationship with Clint Eastwood in the middle is like, I'm not sure that when I was thinking of like what great stuff happens in the middle of this movie and what things really like convince me that they have this relationship that I really care about and I'm really invested in, there's not a ton that I can point to. Um, but I might be, I might be wrong. I, I might be wrong because there, there is some stuff in this movie I really like. You know, let, let's, let's drill down though. You, you, you were, you were talking about the ending and, and how you were having trouble with it. What about the ending do you have trouble with? Well, it felt a little bit like, so I really like the first 40 minutes of the movie. It a little bit felt like, huh, I don't know how to write this movie where it's just like a compelling thing about a girl rising to the top and winning the, the title. And so maybe I'm actually not going to do that and let's just paralyze her and we'll do melodrama instead. So it, it gets me like, yeah, it's a twist, but I don't know. There's something a little clumsy about it. And maybe this is like, we talked last week about how we thought the eternal sunshine dramatic stuff felt earned and it didn't feel manipulative. And I don't know, this one's hanging really on the edge of there's feels like a lot of stuff that's a little bit manipulative and not, not totally earned. I, I agree on, I think the way you wrote down the for like, first middle and last 40 minutes um yeah I, I do feel like the the middle 40s sort of just turned into a sports movie and yeah i, I do agree that like it, it didn't really compel me in in the ways to uh make me like invested in their relationship although i i do feel like i had already enough of that i was like bought into them based on the first 40 minutes um just like i mean it, it is very like tropish Clint Eastwood, but him like softening up, uh, like drinking her on. Like I, I was pretty compelled by like the, the things that she went through to to prove herself. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like my viewing of the end. I, like I, I was moved, and I think I did care enough based on the first forty minutes uh, to care about like their dynamic and what each of them was going through when they had to each make their decisions at the end. Yeah, I, I so I want to talk a little bit more about the beginning because I, I share the same sentiments actually now that you start talking about it. Um, I love the, this is also a little tropish, but the stuff of like, 
have you ever heard the trope of like the person walks up to the temple and sits there and is like, well, can I come train at your temple or whatever? Like it's often like an East Asian thing. And then like the, the person comes out and says like, no, you can't train here. And then they wait for a day and it happens three times. And it's like only on the third day that they actually let the kid into the temple to start training. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very much like that, but I, I, I really liked the way that it was executed in this movie. And one of my, you, we're talking about like the softening of Eastwood as it goes. I actually think those characters are just really strong characters. Like I, I think there's a way to make this movie where Eastwood is just kind of like a simple hard ass and she is kind of just like the I'm tough as nails and like can can fight through anything kind of an attitude and they have both of the, the characters have those sides but Hillary Swank is also like she's really charismatic and smiley and like has kind of like this upbeat childish attitude to her to her which is rare for the tough as nails archetype and then Eastwood is like his whole fatal flaw I guess is supposed to be like he's overprotective and loyal to a fault and like almost soft to a fault. Not, not to say that softness is bad, but that like it leads to certain outcomes that are really Mm -hmm. devastating for him in this movie. So I like that a lot. And I think that's, I think that's pretty rare to have two leading characters that have like that kind of multidimensional thing going on. I, I really like that too. The, these two, these two characters are, you know, I, like I guess countering my initial uh, assessment of conventional, these two characters are single-dimensional and purely conventional characters. I think you're right. Um, but okay, speaking of the first forty minutes, though, I could not stand the sort of you know uh, boxing gym banter scenes. Um, I, I could barely watch those. That that well, what's that guy's name? Danger. Like, yeah, danger. Danger's terrible. He's God, terrible, I right? Could not stand that. Oh, but also like the um, who was who was like the the black guy who was like bullying him. Um, yeah, who is that, that player? He, he's the he's new new Captain America. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Uh, yeah, I was about to say like all well him and the Latino guy are both right. Marvel now. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, I recognize Danger from Tropic Thunder. I don't know if you, what, what other things he's in, but he's in that a movie. Lot of, uh... This is the end, also. Jay Barrichell. Oh right, yeah. Oh, well, and anyway, like I, I, I didn't recognize them, but I just, I, I hate. Like I, I was just cringing watching every scene in the boxing gym. Like it's just like it was just the corniest. Like I don't know, reminded me of like a they were like on a Broadway musical play or something like that okay but you don't did you dig the like hillary swank is there training late in the gym and like is hanging out with morgan freeman stuff yeah that that, that too no that that part i thought was was also okay although i in general even even for those relationships that i that i was invested in did like i found that in general the dialogue to be like pretty corny and like this just the situation's pretty corny um, I like some of the Freeman voiceover stuff. The voiceover stuff I want to talk about a little more because it's a little, it kind of doesn't work and I, I have a hard time putting my finger on why, but there is actually some stuff in that that I like, I wish I had some quotes that I pulled from, from that voiceover stuff, but there's some stuff that I, I'm pretty with. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I dig that. That's profound. You like, didn't get like, any of that from like, the voiceover? Like, the, the only like, I, I just like, <laughs> 
I'm so like fixated on like, you know, the, the middle portion when she's just like beating people up and it's just like basically a montage of her going fight to fight, panning to the cheering crowd and like a Morgan Freeman voiceover. It's like Vincent's comment about just like a sports movie is like, it's like, uh, I just found it so, so corny, so corny, but um it's it was fun i i like that actually that in the end they kind of justified the the voiceover as morgan freeman reciting the the story to uh clint eastwood's daughter and i thought that that was a rather than just having a random morgan freeman narrative throughout the movie having it serve a function like that was cool um yeah so i did you know this was a morgan freeman voiceover movie before we watched this because I had I had no idea that this was another one of them. <laughs> no, I had no I, I turned to Andy while we were watching it was like is that Morgan Freeman because I thought I didn't it sounded like Morgan Freeman but he was like doing sort of like a, a draw like more drawly and I was like maybe it's just like some like white country dude doing this voiceover but it was Morgan Freeman yeah so it's I had no idea that, that this is a Morgan Freeman voiceover and it's kind of it's kind of Shawshank Redemption. Like, if I almost wonder if because I've saw, seen this movie after other better Morgan Freeman voiceover movies, that it's like it almost makes it more forgettable or something like that. I don't know. I'm not completely out on the voiceover, to be honest. I think I'm less hard on it than Andy, but I don't know how to feel about it. I never felt uh, acutely turned off by it, but I think, like, rationally, I would think, like, oh, that's like a a silly point for them to insert it like i i i was never like cringe like andy describes but i i do think that uh often when it would come up i would like it would make me think about it which is not a good thing i don't think yeah i think that's true okay so i have a note about the pacing in the voiceovers because i think it it weirdly speeds this movie up to a degree that's almost too fast. Like there's an enormous amount of information that gets thrown out at you. Not like, I'm not saying that it's like complex information or something like that, but basically whenever there's downtime in the movie, it gets filled in by the voiceover stuff. So it moves like really, really quickly. And I wonder if, if the pacing is off and that's partly why the voiceover feels gimmicky or out of place. I, yeah. I, do, uh, I do get what you're saying about it moving things forward um yeah I, I i think probably what it is is that like it takes you out of the moment like you're watching a scene and then all of a sudden he comes in again you're like well okay well yeah so we're moving we're, we're moving somewhere else now right mm-hmm. um yeah i mean I, I don't i also don't think i'm as hard as on it as andy but um yeah i, I wouldn't say it's much of a positive yeah well to point back to what Andy was talking about the, in the, with the, where she's just beating everybody, like the, the middle portion of the movie where she's just going like popping off on everybody and Morgan Freeman's doing the voiceover. That's the worst part of the movie, I think, to me, is like those fights should be fun. And that section is not that fun. It's, it feels like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I said this earlier in the, in the pod, but there's something about that area that's just really not satisfying to me. I think it's because like there was there wasn't like a struggle okay you did have this initial right. struggle of like her you know knocking on Clint Eastwood's door and persisting like that and I guess 
like even not like not even that much training with Clint Eastwood like that also was just like a probably like few minute long montage of her like um of him training her and and so like like there wasn't much actual like struggle arc that she had to overcome it felt like and and it as I was watching those montages I was just cracking up because like she would just like you know be in a ring and the other person would just like be limp like not even put up their hands and she would just like attack throw three punches and knock them down like it was honestly comical to watch and I kind of wonder if I had a boxing background or someone who's an actual boxer watched this if they would just you know be revolted by those scenes and and call that a mockery of of boxing kind of like how I I I look at whiplash and just not be able to watch the movie objectively at all. I, I was this came to mind specifically, and also the comparison of you and Whiplash also came to my mind independently. Really? Um, yeah. Well, I, I think particularly like in the beginning, like she she won, she was on a card, she won her fight, uh, and then she's like in the gym, like just punching bags and shit, and I guess has been training for three. I I, I feel like what could have been a mockery is like. How, how is this person an actual boxer if she's like like this novice um but i i think I, I have a broader issue with sports movies across the board almost and that's that like so much of the drama and what's compelling or supposed to be compelling uh just revolves around the outcomes like winning and losing and i i, I feel like that's very arbitrary and sort of cheap and so for me, like, I guess I don't so much mind that the middle part wasn't that fun because I guess it's it's almost like it's not trying to be so much a sports movie. Like the the entire movie from start to finish is like not so glamorous. Like the gym oftentimes is like really dreary and gray. Like these fights are like really uh, a little bit graphic. Um, and I, I think this the, the cinematography is like also sort of like uh, dreary in these rings, and so like it's not sort of like a glamorous sports montage. I, I guess it is a little bit based on the pacing, but uh, I do respect a little bit that it's not going all out trying to just be fun. If that makes okay, sense. can I push back here for a second? Because are yeah. we sure? Are we sure this movie is not? better if it's not just a, like i personally i love sports movies i don't mind the it all depending on the winning and losing part of it i i totally would sign up to watch this movie if you like give me the exact same first hour or so and then you just like make it a conventional sports movie and you do it and you do it well and like she really has to overcome some shit and she ends up being the champ like i think i might be in for that movie so i understand why they don't do that but I don't. I, I don't think that's think, a better movie. To I be honest with you, I mean that, that's a completely different, different movie. That's like that would just be a completely different movie. Not only in terms of plot, which obviously, but also like I think the character complexity that we talked about between these two characters would not work. Why not in, in that conventional way? I felt like this was setting up. I mean, I guess this is like the whole thing that the script's trying to do is they want to pull the rug out from under you, but. Like their arcs set up really nicely. I like the whole Eastwood thing of like he's overprotective to a fault and like he doesn't want to hurt another person. Like 
I don't yeah, know. It, it might be pretty compelling if she just wins and he's like able to get some peace. Despite everything I did just say, like I was pulling for her to win. And so yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think like doing that well, uh, like executing well where she gets to the top of the mountain and wins. I, I think I, I agree I would have found satisfying or at least that's, that's what I wanted during the middle of the movie. I, I think we, we should consider this movie to, to uh, I wonder if we should consider Clint Eastwood to really be the boxer in this movie who is winning the world championship at the end in that he's, he's the one who's struggling in those last 40 minutes with this moral dilemma, this kind of, this kind of character struggle that he he's dealt with the, the entire movie kind of um, like, like overcoming this, uh, uh, I don't know how to ar- ar- articulate this right now, but a- anyway, like, like this whole like subplot of Clint Eastwood's character being like overprotective and never getting the shot. And like, you know, what if something happens? What if something bad happens? What if this guy loses his eye? If I, if I keep letting him fight, what if she, what if she breaks her neck? If I keep letting her fight, etc. Like, the end is really him overcoming that. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't really overcome it. I think he does. What do you What do you mean? I don't know. This feels like, like, he has a fatal flaw, right? He like he cares too much about these people and he protects them to a fall. And then it. And then the movie's kind of like. And guess what? Like he was right. He was right the whole time. Like he shouldn't have let this girl box in the first place. That it's super no. weird. <laughs> I, never, I feel no, like you, usually usually in a movie the character overcomes the fatal flaw or i guess i guess maybe it's like achilles and they die because of their fatal flaw no Is no, that no, no what, what it's no, going no. for no. so 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 i i think i don't think the point at the end of the movie is that he should have never let her fight to begin with that's the opposite of of the point that i gathered the the point i gathered is that you know letting her fight was the best thing he could have possibly done, even even if it led to a tragic outcome. Because the life she, the life that she led, you know, while fighting was a was a you know worthy life worth living, rather than just you know working as a waitress and mopping dishes or whatever. And and you know like you. Actually, this is very similar to, to Eternal Sunshine in that respect. It's like, you know, it's you know, learn that you two disagree on the interpretation yeah. of the yeah. end. No, and similar because no. I don't buy any of this at all. No, I know this no, is no. It, so, characters, but I don't buy it. So, so, so like in, in the in the Eternal Sunshine, like at the end, I was arguing that, you know, um, you know, like they they know what they know the pain that awaits them on the other side. They know that they're risking some some you know eventual being being worse off at some future point in time but they do it anyway and the point the whole substance of that movie is like like you know examining what a great you know relationship and what a great experience they had even though it let it even though it ended in pain and here too i think like the message is that like if you have an experience that's worth living whatever pain that comes at the end of that is 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 fine it's 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 part it's worth it basically and so you think it's worth it you think it's worth it to go box for a year and break your neck and die 
Um, I would for, much rather wait. Yeah, I, for I, the rest I, of my I, life. No, I think that's I think that's exactly what the whole message of this movie was. That's and a I, crazy message. It, that's it, an and, insane it, message. That's a bad message. Well, so I I agree with Andy in like what was being uh, uh I, at least at, at the very least it was like the messages in the end of the movie with Morgan Freeman saying like we're talking about uh like what fighting like enabled her to live and and uh Hillary Swing saying like she didn't want to keep living without uh and like forget the sound of people trying to chanting her name like all of that I think does mesh with uh, I mean it's, it's exactly what Annie's point is and that that was also the way I interpreted the tone of the movie I guess you can also take a step back and say like this is just like a coping mechanism for all of them to justify or feel better about what has happened to them and so like whether like I, I don't think I, I think you have to separate like what is the message baked into the drama versus like what is the message to the viewers like, well, I agree. I, I agree, though, that descriptively, that is the point that the movie tries to make at the end. I'm saying that's a bad point. And it's it's not a particularly logical one that they're saying, like, it was a great decision that she fought for a year and broke her neck and died. Like, she got to see the whole world. Nobody like and like it's just if you give that poll to 100 people, what do you choose your lane, go down? And well, no. It, what do you mean? It's like it's like, would you rather be Jimi Hendrix or like some dude that like dishwashed for a hundred years. I feel like tw- you, you get 27 years of being the best guitarist ever. That's a little better than no, he, he wasn't of- the best guitarist for 27 years. He, he was a baby, okay, but he had a good then, run. He had a much better know. run than Hillary Swank has. Let's say, movie. let's say it's like 10 years and then you die of whatever he died, heroin or whatever. Would you, would you know. like, like it's, it's about the substance of a life rather than the, the length of or safety where does this where does it this come from though like this i I feel like the movie shoehorns this moral lesson which is a bad moral lesson into like 12 minutes of the film and it's kind of like oh this is why we did this to this character like don't you see it makes sense now like it's about achieving greatness not longevity like it just it just comes out of left field in a way that makes it feel cheap even I, if I did buy the point. No, I, I, I don't think it comes out of left field. I, I think it, it's, it's, it's there from the beginning, from, from the beginning of kind of Clint's character, from the whole Willie situation. That, that was his name, right? The, the, you know, guy. Big Willie. Big Willie yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah big, big Willie, right? Like Clint, Clint is, you know, protecting him. He's winning all his fights because Clint is, is not letting him fight in, in whatever the championship. And it's like, it's like, what's the point of playing it safe like that? What's the point of being a dishwasher if it's if it's not going to be exhilarating and you, you don't have a, a passion or, or something that you're aiming at or or achieving? And it's it's better to go out and lose fighting rather than not fight at all. Is and even from from that big Willie point that that was at the very beginning of the movie. Um. Yeah, it, it, I I thought the movie was about that, you know, the the whole entire time. There, there's also the quote, right? Like the the scene where he finally agrees to train her, where he like 
she she talks about her family and all the issues and then she's like like this is all i have and if, if i were just to go home like i would have nothing and yeah i mean i, th- I think it's like really it's uh like at the end like this this life and death thing both before her accident and after like it, it was sort of trivial in comparison to like the life that like the, the difference in like living a, a dull, really uh, unfortunate life and like finding success. And then afterwards, like she just wanted to hold on to that. She didn't want that to continue to seep away. And to her life and death was uh, much more marginal than like the importance of living a meaningful life. I'm not sure about this. Okay, so if, let's, but let's bracket it. Let's bracket and say, okay, that's Hillary Swank's arc. And for you guys, it works. For me, it does not work. What is, what is the Eastwood arc? Like where, so I'm understanding it as just like, this was a partially broken, emotionally broken man. And this breaks him. So he, he's completely broken and has to leave boxing behind because he can't deal with that or any like that to me was the arc but am i missing something is there something else in there um i i i don't know if he's like i didn't get that he was like broken at the end like when we see him in that in that diner I, i i like i i don't know if it's implied obviously it's crushing he runs away he runs away he doesn't even talk to anybody anymore yeah but maybe also he's at peace and he's he's at the cabin that he's been talking about he bought the cabin you know that that uh remember he read read her that 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 um the poem in the the nursing home right so like i'm kind of wondering if if he actually has come to peace with you know the journey that he's he's taken swank on and morgan freeman kind of probably helped frame that in a way that he could get peace from it um and yeah i that that's how i see the ending i see it as him moving to the cabin you know having some diner eating his lemon pie and and being at peace and finally accepting this reality of you know you got to take your shot and whatever happens happens and it's better than not taking your shot at all and like given that you know uh you know the 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 arc with hillary swank is actually not so tragic it's kind of heroic all right i'm not sold i think the swank thing is still tragic and i think he's broken but let's (laughs) <laughs> i'm starting with andy on this one too okay okay two against one okay let's so let's let's rate it and then we're gonna do category stuff um i so i'm i'm six six point two five on this movie what did you what did you give uh, eternal i'm trying to get a sense of your rating um, scale i gave eternal an 8.5 a soft 8.5 it was like Whoa. 825 ish maybe but um it's rare for me to like a movie, I would say, as much as I like Eternal. And I didn't, I didn't dislike Million Dollar Baby. Um, I think I went negative on it as we've talked about it a little bit more. But I love those two characters. Um, I think they're really compelling to watch. I think those performances are good. I think the first 40 minutes is like awesome. And even some of the stuff towards the second half of the movie, like I don't hate. I think it's funnier than I expected it to be. Like some of the the clips is are, are good. There's some there's some stuff with the like even the, the first scene where the 
where he's cut and Clint Eastwood tells him to like let him hit you and that'll like make the wound set or something like that. There's some cool boxing stuff. Yo, like that. What, what was that? I, I don't get that. That's what it is. Like if someone hits you in your cut, it'll make the cut bleed less. Is that right? Yes. I, I mean, oh. I maybe we need okay. to get a doctor on the pod next time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've covered most of the things that I've that I've thought about this movie. So it okay, was like the solid. I thought it was good. 6.25. 6.25. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it, um, yeah, I think like same range, although my scale is a bit not the same as yours. I think I'll give it like a 6.75, maybe 6.5. And I think like uh, like the plot is good and like the, the idea and like the philosophy that I think it's trying to get across is good. The relationships and the characters are good. But I I'm really bothered by cheesy execution. And I thought, you know, we talked about the montages, we talked about the voiceovers. I thought a lot of the dialogue was was cheesy and contrived. Um uh which is a theme I, I noticed and I've been starting to notice in Clint Eastwood movies. And like I, I cringe at that kind of stuff. So um i don't know what i said 6.5 yeah something like that did you did either of you change your your ratings well no no, no no i wrote it down i wrote it down i'm not swayed by andy i voice. i didn't have a rating before i just came up with one so <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay um well so yeah coming out of it i was a 6.75 soft seven um, I wonder a little bit how much of that was inf- like weighed by reputation. Um, and I thought this. Yeah, this right. one, this one, best picture. What did it win? Yeah, over? but um, actually, wait, out, Vincent. But... Sorry to interrupt your. Uh, go on, go on with That's your okay. rating. Go on with your rating. Um, yeah, I think I think we've unpacked a bit. Like I, I guess I was a little bit. I wouldn't say disappointed, but like it, it came out lower than I thought it would, given its reputation. Um, it did seem promising at the beginning, uh, but yeah, as uh, like the, the unpacking part was like it's sort of these different uh, competing facets, like liking some parts of the sports stuff, like not liking some parts of it. Like did it work emotionally? Um, how much of it is like how, how much do I feel like it's just like too much of a Clint Eastwood movie. Um, how, like how much do I re- respect the execution of it? I, th- I think ultimately I was moderately um, moved emotionally. And I think that's what also like made, made me consider like a seven. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think the way we broke down, like the first part being quite compelling and then it like sort of dragging, just me dragging a little bit. Uh, we, we can talk about pacing later. Um, made me feel like it was pro- probably like a slightly above average movie, like marge- like marginally above average movie. Yeah, so Oscars this year are Million Dollar Baby wins Best Picture, Eastwood wins Director, Hilary Swank wins Actress, Morgan Freeman wins Supporting Actor, and then it loses Adapted Screenplay to Sideways, which is an Alexander Payne script. Um, and this is same year as Eternal Sunshine also. So Eternal Sunshine wins Best Original Screenplay that year also. Um, so that, and then the other, the other nominations are Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, 
and sideways. Um, but I will say, I, for whatever reason, this movie I don't think has held up like in, I don't think it's aged particularly well. Not, I, I'm not making an evaluative statement, but like descriptively how people kind of think of it. There, I don't really know anyone our age or like in our mid twenties who, like, have you ever met somebody that's like my favorite movie is Million Dollar Baby? It's it's kind of like not in the canon the way some of the other 2000 stuff is. Like I would say Eternal Sunshine is much more relevant to our generation than this movie is. Yeah, I think it has something to do with convention. Um, and maybe it's something to be said that like, maybe this, this movie and movies similar to it like helped shape the convention I'm thinking of. Um, but... I don't know. It's just so conventional. It's like almost like watching a, a superhero movie to me with this kind of like twisty ending, but like it still kind of feels to me like, like a superhero movie. Um, okay. I also have a quick note in like, if this gets cast in 2022 and made in 2022, it's totally different. The, all of the villains in this movie are black or people of color, which is interesting. So the, What's what's the blue the blue boss woman? Blue bear. Billy the blue bear. The, the German. Yeah, so she's a person of color. There's the there's the guy who beats up Danger, who's also a black guy. And then right. there is there's the big willy who betrays Clint Eastwood at the beginning of the movie. So, yeah, but also but, Mar no. Margot Martindale is the villain. Who? Margot Martindale as Maggie's mother. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, so we have one. We do have one white. No, 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 no. dude. Come, like, first of all, Mark Morgan Freeman is heroic. He saves Danger's life. Um, uh, and also, Willie is not a villain. Willie, Willie did the right Willie thing. Willie betrays him. No, Willie no, no, no. Betrays no. him. But, but I look. Like, I love Willie, but but. No, I I think what he did was right for him, and and it was it was Clint that was holding him back for two years. I don't think Willie should is a, is to blame, man. I think if this gets recast, the studio looks at it and goes, absolutely not. You got to, you got to, you, you can't have this. Um, and perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps right. So rightfully so with this one. Um, I also had a note just about like, this is generally a movie about an outsider, somebody who doesn't belong, who I guess she overcomes the obstacles to some degree and makes it. There's, and there's a lot of stuff I feel like in, 2000s that's about outsider who ultimately like overcomes transcends some kind of barrier um i'm trying to think of other stuff like slumdog millionaire is kind of like that um there's a lot of like these these like these like whatever if you want to call them mainstream arty stuff or tier one arty stuff but like kind of like oscar winner type stuff where it's like this heroic tale of overcoming some boundary and i feel like the 2010s changes a lot more to it's much more, there's a lot more racial minorities and the point of the movie or the upshot of the movie is often like this outsider actually can't break in or there's something that's like systematically or, or structurally that, that this person cannot overcome. I don't know. So, so this is not like a happy movie by any stretch, but I do feel like it comes from this era where it's a lot more optimistic about the chances that an outsider has of infiltrating sort of a world where they're not supposed to be and then sort of like up overcoming those obstacles because stuff in the 2010s of like, I'm trying to think of a lot of examples, but Moonlight comes to mind, 12 Years a Slave comes to mind. Um, 
I, I'm trying to think of some other stuff, but I don't know if that's resonance at all for you guys. The Joker. Joker, yeah. Um, no, I haven't actually particularly noticed that trend, but I also haven't been paying attention to it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's right. I think that's kind of depressing that, you know, movie, which is what, like the biggest form of, of narrative in our society's culture now is, you know, not, not, uh, centered around heroic stories and, and that, you know, like, and, and does not have this sort of optimism that one can overcome their struggles, but rather that one, one, you know, ought to be uh, resigned to your, to your, to your struggle and, and uh, face the fact that you can't overcome that. That's, that's, well, a depressing... I don't know if it's fair to say that these characters are resigned, but there is like, they're like parasites, another example, right? Like the poor family that tries to tries to get something more and then ultimately it ends in this tragic way. Yeah. Yeah. But there is, um, I, I feel like if the characters are less resigned, it's more like they try really hard, but then ultimately they can't because of. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, but she, she doesn't make it this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She didn't even win. The, I thought like she would, I thought she may win the fight because the other person would get disqualified, but she doesn't even win the fight. Right, but like she could have made like this was I feel like she doesn't make it on this weird fluky thing. Right. It's not that like she's systematically beaten down and doesn't have a chance. Like she's actually going to be the champ. Right. right. This was a heroic. She was a she was her. She had a heroic arc. Well, but yeah. she's also like I mean, she's an outsider, I think, in so far as she's a woman and she's like entering a gym to train with Clint Eastwood, who only trains men. But. Like she, I mean, she's fighting women, and okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, no, but it's ultimate, still, like, I, it's still an outsider thing. It's still like, how many how many female boxers can you name off the top of your head? Because I, I can name zero. zero. Yeah, exactly. I, like I think it is still like her. Ronda, she goes home. Ronda Rousey, is she a boxer? Oh yeah, is she kind of counts. She kind of counts. Or is that MMA? <laughs> That's MMA, but. I thought it was going to be more of a thing in this movie, like where she goes home and the mom is like, they're laughing at you for doing this. I thought that a lot more of this movie was going to be about like, these are people that are like kind of considered like in some, in some way undesirable or, or, or just like existing in a lower rung of society. Like in the same way that like gamers for a long time, it was like, Oh, like that's, that's just like, it's lower or something like that. But that didn't really get any airtime actually. Yeah, I, I do. I do feel like they might have inflated how much people care about, like, I, I, the, like, prom, like the promoters were or the managers were looking for female boxers. I mean, I, I what came to mind is like the amount that people are invested in the WNBA versus the NBA. Like that, that's like a very important dynamic if you're covering like a a basketball movie uh, for women. Um, but in in this case, like, I, I think the Plot definitely made it seem like this was a big deal that people cared about, and she was like accepted because of her fighting skill alone. Like, yeah, you, I, 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 go ahead. Do you, do, you, do you think so? Like, if there were a 2022 remake, that would probably be the primary kind of 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 narrative of this movie, right? Focusing yeah, on I totally a, on a female boxer being the outsider, females, the the challenges that females in particular have to have to go through 
uh, I, I guess, joining a, a, if they wanted to join a male dominated boxing gym or something like that. Right. But this movie didn't, as you mentioned, dwell on that because it's, it's not about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I think I was, I, I totally, if this movie gets made today, it's probably uh, a female person of color. And a lot of it is about the identity politics aspect of it. And I just kind of expected it to be about that to some degree. And at least that traditional arc looks something like she overcomes it to some degree, but there are sort of like existing outstanding problems structurally that are gonna continue existing. So I, anyway, I thought that's what the movie was gonna be about. It was not about that really at all. Okay, so let's do, let's move on to categories unless yeah. you guys have anything else. No, let's, let's do it. Okay. Uh, okay, so first one is Anne Hathaway best performance slash most underrated performance. Wait, which is um, it? Those are two different, totally different. Just whatever, picking out, picking out outstanding performance. I, I don't, I, I personally, I can't think of any underrated performances in this yeah. one. There's not really like support characters that I'm like, wow, that person really killed it. I, I like the three main ones. I think Morgan Freeman, Hillary Swank, Clint Eastwood are all quite good, but I, it'd be weird to say any of them are underrated, especially when two of them won an Oscar. Okay, then let, let's make it best, best, okay, so best. Uh, performance. I'll go with I'll go with Swank. I, I I liked her character a lot, um, and she dude she must have like she was boxing, wasn't she? Like she must have trained a lot. Must for have this been. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah. she's buff also. Like she probably got great shape. She was ripped. Yeah, so I'll I'll give it to her for her efforts. Yeah, I will watch this with my mom, and my mom kept being like, "I wish I could jump rope like that." <laughs> uh, I would also go with Swank. Um, I think there were like two moments of what seemed like really good acting by Clint Eastwood where I was like moved, but otherwise like it seemed like typical Clint Eastwood, um, which I mean, which is maybe like speaks to him as like his career, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like Swing really uh, did it all and, and I think he had a very compelling performance. Um, I'm trying to zag. I'm trying to come up with some kind of an argument for Eastwood over for Eastwood over Swank here, but I think you're right that it's pretty, it's not the most memorable Eastwood performance. Like, I think he's good. I like that character. I think he's funny oftentimes, but I'm fine. I'm fine voting Swank. I don't have a ton to say about the actual performances. I love the characters. And so maybe a lot of that, like maybe the humor that Hillary brings and how sort of like, she's pretty magnetic and just like even, anyway. I don't have a ton to say about it. So I'm fine. I'm fine going swank and moving on. Um, I have more to say about the Amy Adams most replaceable cast member, which is Jay Baruchel, 100% for me. I don't know if you can make that. Jay Baruchel is danger. Is danger. Okay. He's, I don't know how bad of a performance it is, but that character is insufferable. And that whole arc is like, there's a moment at the end where he like walked like Morgan Freeman says like a ghost walked back into the gym and you're like expecting it to be some kind of resolution for the Eastwood art. And then it's just danger. And you're like, Oh, like I literally don't care about this guy at all. Uh, that, that was bad. That all of all of the danger stuff is bad. That's the worst part of the movie for me. Wait, so is, that, is that the character or is that the Actor. I went on a tangent to criticize the character, but I also think Jay Baruchel is bad. I also think he's not funny at all. I don't even know if the character is supposed to be funny, but it's just not, not compelling. I, I'm with you. 
I I hated that character as well. I I think it would probably have been a doomed character no matter who played it. So let's go. I'll may I'll go with the the mom. The the mom was fine, but she seemed like any any kind of person of that of that um, demographic could have played the mom. <laughs> A large white southern woman yeah i also just speaking about that she she didn't i thought she was gonna be bigger that she didn't that she was yeah yeah. Under 30 pounds. yeah yeah she was, I was like pounds. i was Absolutely like not. It, it probably yeah, no could have passed her a little bit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um yeah I'm, I'm struggling okay i honestly i didn't hate uh jay parasol as much as you you guys did i think um but i when you when I came on to this uh, category, I was I was honestly maybe going to say like everyone in the movie besides uh, the three, because I mean I, I guess no one gets that much screen time individually, but uh, yeah, I mean I, it, it seems like all characters that you could shoehorn a, a wide host of. I like that. I think that's a good take. Replace every everybody else. Yeah. It feels that way, and, and, and it and it maybe it's it's nice to contrast it with Eternal Sunshine, which actually had like the Jim Carrey and uh, Winslet plot, but then it had like this cool like comedic relief, like also interesting, also compelling like sideline side narrative. This one had like the main narrative, and we hated this. It, it, like I feel like it tried to do a similar thing where it had like a little side narrative, a little yeah, bit of comic relief. Yeah, and it just it we just all hated it, and it was yeah, the B-plot is terrible. So yeah, yeah, I agree. What about also nominating uh, who's the bad the 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 boxer that punches her at the end? The blue rocket, the blue <laughs> blue gorilla that. that the blue bear the blue bear the blue bear the blue bear yeah the blue bear is like i didn't know what that villain was at all like we were just like she fights dirty and then she fought dirty in it (laughs) i don't know i don't know that who wasn't that wasn't i I sort of liked uh i liked her casting she she no the casting uh, is right that's true that's true the casting is me and also i like when she went to uh hillary swing's fight and she was like applauding after she, oh, she actually got the KO, she was applauding and then like turned to her manager and the manager's like, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was like, wow, she's a what a uh, what a good person applauding your uh, your rival. Okay. But, no, okay, no. fine. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I'm voting Jay Barrichell. What do you guys have? Margot Mintendale. Is that the mother? Yeah, that's the mother. <laughs> I'm also so uh, neither of you have watched Bojack, but she's on the show as herself, and like it's a uh, Margot Martindale. Yeah, <laughs> what she's in the show as herself, and like they always say, he's like, oh, it's character actress Martin Martindale, and like the bit is that like she's such a good actress, and, and sorry, actually, I haven't really seen her in anything. Else, oh. but, like the bit is that she's like such a good actress that like it leads to these unfortunate outcomes. Like, why am I such a good actress? And it like lets like this person play this for like I don't know if that. <laughs> anyway, I, I I didn't I didn't dislike her. I thought I thought she like did a did a fine job. No, she did a fine. Did, she's yeah. replaceable though. Anyway, yeah, every, I think things, everyone's. Vincent thinks everyone's replaceable. Let's go to the next one. I think every, right. I think everyone's replaceable, and I think that speaks to the writing. 
have you guys are hard it. poor paul haggis man i thought this was a decent script but um all right chess burster most memorable scene is up next what about mean girls no 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 that got moved that got oh, moved go, to the end okay. we're going okay. chess burster okay. chess burster memorable scene is next okay okay we're there's weirdly not a ton of memorable scenes for me in this movie uh, has, has to could, be the the neck break right has to be the, the neck, slow the yeah. slow motion neck break yeah i mean yeah uh, for for me the other one is uh um the her when like when she's in the rehabilitation center and he reads the poem i think and they talk about the cabin and uh, oh you're gonna remember that Oof. yeah That's i don't boring. know <laughs> <laughs> that that uh yeah i remember that i remember those two Okay, you know what? Let me. I, I got a couple more. I love the first scene with the priest. Love that scene where he's asking, like, what's this deal with God and the Holy Trinity? That was funny. That was a funny one. Uh, I also have the the fight in England where where he goes up to her and he's, and he's like, she's a better fighter than you. She's younger, better, all this stuff. What are you going to do about it? I like that. Yeah. And I like I like the first scene with the where the Willie's like, what do I do? What do I do about this? I that's bleeding and he says let him hit you that was cool i like that scene that that might i vote maybe that the first one the first one first one that has nothing it might not to do with literally the be the most memorable but i like that one it was a good scene i was in on the movie that first scene i was like okay i'm here for this my, my favorite scene uh and then I, like when we were watching this i think uh it also stuck out to me uh was when when she agreed or when he agreed to train her and she like it was her birthday and like she like went through this. I like I, I guess it was a little bit I, I could step back and be like it's a it's a little uh over the top, but I was very compelled. Like I I, I was like really uh emotionally fulfilled that this was like the uh like what what their like her the the the, the uh climax of like the arc of Tim sort of softening up to her and I don't, I don't know if I will call it the most memorable. It was definitely my favorite scene. What about uh, the one at the diner where she goes up to the manager and she's like, I'm with, what's, well, I'm with Clint Eastwood forever. That's my guy. And then Morgan Freeman goes, she yeah, always knocked him out in the first round. <laughs> that was uh, good. Yeah, that was a yeah, great yeah, voiceover that moment. That was a good voiceover yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> um, okay, maybe neck break. I, you know what? I'm going first scene actually. I'm going I think mem- in terms of memorable, sure. Like, I, I think like the gra- like either the next break or like some of the uh, hard to watch like medical stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I guess if, if we have to go with like what I'll remember in like ten years. All right, let's do some indexes. Okay, we have this got the arrival most emotionally manipulative part award got changed to the arrival award for. The arrival index for emotional manipulation. I'm I'm a seven. I think this is a, a pretty manipulative movie. Yeah, uh, I'm confused by this. You know, um, <laughs> well, what are what do you mean by emotional manipulation? Emotionally manipulative is like it's just like the the movie doesn't really do anything well or interesting and it just throws in like a tragic event to the characters that just makes you sad or like 
or like there's a breakup scene and instead of it being a well-written breakup scene there's like a really sad music cue that goes over over it and like you're watching it and you're like i can't i feel sad right now like it is making me feel this way but it's not it's not cathartic or something like it doesn't feel earned it's not like you know what can i mean? nominate can i nominate a new uh like name name yeah 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 but But arrival bashing on arrival must be included okay well you you've already posed that for a couple of of (laughs) so that can can be moved but yeah no i i felt exactly that way about uh the pixar short bow Mm. i don't know if you uh watched it but i i was i think immediately like from from everyone i uh after watching that everyone i talked to like exactly how you just described uh the essence of the award is how I described Bow. It's like Andy. It's like if if somebody sat you down in a room and they're like, I'm just going to make this person sad. Like, let me just find the saddest headlines in the whole world for no other reason, just to like make this kid Andy feel sad. You know, there's something like, I, I, I can understand a movie where it's like, I'm trying to get at something poetic and beautiful or teach you something about the world or say like, you know what I mean? Like there's something beyond just that I want to make the audience sad here. There's it's serving some purpose. In this and, one, I don't know what the and the, so if, I don't it, know. if it is serving a purpose, then it gets a low score on this manipulability. I don't know if it needs to be teaching you anything. I think I think it's just a matter of like, did they do the legwork to make the when they actually make you sad, make that feel justified and make that meaningful? Or are you just feeling sad? sort of emptily in in like a right. cheap way like I, I i don't think it i don't think I, I wouldn't say it needs to rise to the level of like having a moral lesson or something i, I think it just needs to feel justified okay fair fair for that emotion. i'll give it like a four 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 and a half <laughs> like i i thought i i liked i liked the direction it turned and i thought it had meaning behind it. I don't think it was just let's break her neck and make the audience feel. I don't think it was that. I don't know if I like. I might abstain from about like indexing the movie on this. I, I uh, what came come to on. Mind, no, you I, just... I, I I do I do like the how it was an award for the most emotionally manipulative part before, and like what came to mind was <laughs> was the uh, like the chanting of her fight name oh my god you're uh, so out on sports movies you gotta watch like rudy or something sports movies are great is rudy a football one yeah we gotta watch a sports movie i guess this was a sports movie no, we gotta no watch more. a conventional sport no more. <laughs> no more okay rewatchability index the bill simmons rewatchability index is i'm a i'm a three it's maybe that's why this movie has not held up years later it's really not rewatchable i'm, I'm not watching this one again yeah, three. Oh, two. what did we do last last time? We did how many years until you rewatch it? Oh, right. This is like a 10, 10 plus. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was gonna say like fifteen years with the right person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go ten. I think it's fine. Okay, and then there's the Sea Biscuit pacing index, which <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it's really fast, actually. Part of that's the voiceover. There's almost no downtime at all, and there's even little stuff of like we're going to london and then the like 
like one second later they're in London fighting. Like it just it 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 really moves through in the middle chunk of all the boxing stuff. It's like flying through it, right? There's like almost all her fights happen in like ten minutes, and even you expect her like to have this whole back and forth with Clint Eastwood of like I wanted the title shot, and he's like, no, you don't get the title shot because I love you and like I'm scared of you getting hurt. But it like, happens in like two minutes. He says no once, and then he's like, okay, like we're going, we're going to England. Well, do you think it's too fast? Do you think it's too fast? Yeah, I think it's too fast. Um, I really like the pacing for like the first, well, even the pacing in the first 40 minutes is kind of, it's kind of jam-packed. I don't know. For a two hour and 10 minute movie, I thought it actually moved a little too quickly through things. Yeah. It's a little, a little jam-packed because of all of the, the, the b stuff, or sorry, not b real. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did feel like it was slow at times. Like it, there was a, what came to mind is there's like this like western ish like dainty song that plays like when they're just like mm. fan- transitioning into and that happened a few different times where i was like it doesn't feel like it's dragging but like i know this is a two hour 10 minute movie and i don't really want to watch this slow scene right now yeah um i do yeah i mean i i i, I did think the sports montaging was fast but i didn't think that was bad necessarily um like i i i like that we just went from like to the title fight as opposed to or like the first or the not the, the the first like london fight as opposed to like having to sit through a five ten minute thing of for like in the in the locker room before that which like a lot of boxing movies do um yeah, so I I would I think it was like probably and, and the very last forty minutes did also feel a little bit slow to me. Um, maybe not slower than it needed to be, um, because I think like part of it is like making you feel the weight of uh, that emotionally. But um, overall, I felt like he was like there was some fast, there was some slow, and maybe it just evens out. Yeah, I real quick before Andy, you go. I just want to double down on you. That's a bad music cue. And bad scenes, the ones mm-hmm. you talked about. I actually agree with completely with um, Vincent. I have nothing more to add. Okay, so then then there's the Bonnie Clyde Yoshi scene stealing war. Um, <laughs> who's gonna say it? Which there's there's no see, who's the scene stealer here? Who's gonna say? I don't it? know. It wasn't it wasn't danger danger didn't just captivate your your attention no he's horrible he's horrible <laughs> the closest thing i can think of in this movie is like big willie i dig big willie yeah he seems like, like a he seems like a great dude yeah i know i know yeah I but that can't I, be it <laughs> it's like crazy for that to be it i feel like morgan freeman like steals some individual scenes yeah, Perhaps, yeah. Like when you don't expect him to. When he when he beats up the 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 bully, that was that was awesome. And he's like 110. Oh, uh, I don't know. I didn't uh, need that. I don't I, need the danger B plot. Hey, it's Morgan Freeman's role within the danger B plot. I, I that I thought was also an emotionally manipulative part. I, I could have done. Oh, it. super, super. Yeah. They've they there's a, there's a lot of stuff in the '90s and 2000s with like mentally impaired people. There's a lot of movies about that. It's just we don't make that movie anymore. 
Forrest Gump types. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if a beautiful mind counts. Mm. Kinda though. Or is he autistic or something? Yeah, I'm I'm just realizing that the the stuff that I came into Eternal Sunshine thinking the movie was about might have just been a beautiful mind. The one with Russell Crowe? I don't know anything about I I hadn't seen either of them. That movie is is totally corny, conventional, mainstream, heartstring stuff, but that's gold. I like that movie. That movie works. Yeah, that movie is really good. But I'm I'm kind of done with this conventional stuff. Well, maybe we could talk about our next. Our okay, next we're venture. going tier one yeah. RT. We're only doing conventional because you were like, I want the staples. You want the staple food. Okay, yeah, we'll I, pick the movie later. We'll pick the movie later. Okay, we have the Frank Serpico. If you love a man's garden, you gotta love the man award for so bad it's good. Mm, I don't not, know. Not danger. Not danger. Okay, what about like the the cheesy montage stuff where she's just whooping everybody? Because I kind of we shit on it a lot, but as it was happening, I was kind of like, "This is sick." <laughs> I did like, I did like the punch, just like the punching. Yeah, the <laughs> punching did, was good. Like the punching was good. No, I I didn't like it. I thought it was corny. Do we have anything else, or should we go to the George Clooney Batman? So bad, it's bad. <laughs> Because I have stuff for that. <laughs> um, let's move there. Let's move there. Okay. And I'll I'll um, take yeah. We'll just we don't we don't have to say his name. He yeah, should not be named. Oh, danger! Yeah, we've we've destroyed danger. We, we, yeah, it's um, enough. <laughs> it's enough. He was bad. He was bad. <laughs> um, I think the priest stuff at the end is bad. I thought that priest storyline was going somewhere, and then it just it was like a religious zealous point or something of like these religious people aren't attuned to like this moral dilemma. I don't, I don't know what that was about. That was weird. Uh, I, sorry, I, this might not be specific to this award, but I, I did think about how it was, I, I was a little bit, uh, not happy with like the trope of like you know he's like estranged from his daughter and he's using Hillary Swing to be his new daughter, mm-hmm. um, and I guess that's not like it's so bad it's bad but like maybe it's like a attempt that just didn't work for me. That can be so bad it's bad. Oh, I also have a uh, the like half dark face thing that they do the whole movie <laughs> always. Clint Eastwood is like half of his face is in a shadow. For well, like sometimes minutes. it's just his torso. Like sometimes, sometimes it's like their uh, their legs just show yeah. up. That was bad. That was bad. <laughs> all, Nothing all, else. We have all, no no other. All voice that I I you know thought a lot of the dialogue was just corny or cheesy and contrived. Um, like you know there were there were scenes that I didn't think were were organic, and I guess that's. That probably goes to the screenwriting. Um, but yeah, I thought it was so bad that it was bad. Oh, bad that it was good. I I actually did like the like the titties joke, titty scene. Oh my god, I like so I, I like Swank's delivery. Swank I, I, I like I like yeah, I like Swank's delivery. And then honestly, like the, the aftermath of that I thought I, I enjoyed just because I thought. Mm, I'm with Andy. So bad it's bad after Swank. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly poor Swank. 
Swank kills that line. That line is awesome when she says it. And then everybody else is just like watching a train wreck. It's not that bad, but it's, it's not good. All right, let's, let's, uh, we'll, we'll knock out the, the last, the last four questions are quick. There's, there's Synecdoche, New York is the movie too long. I actually don't think it's too long. I, usually this is, I hate this runtime. Usually a two hour, 10 minute movie, I think does not need to be anywhere near that long. But this one kind of does because it has the weird part A, part B post, post next snap thing. So I'm fine with the length. I thought the end was a little bit drawn out maybe. But so I'll, I'll say yes too long. Uh, I'll say a little bit too long. Um, there, there, are, there are a handful of things like that could have been a little bit abbreviated. Did she like okay, need to lose her leg? Yeah, she does. She was already that was a heroin. She was, she was already a vegetable. Dude, you have no empathy. But okay, but okay. Okay. Take your leg in. I did feel like that was like it was like that, and then her family coming to visit her. That was like the turning point where she was like, Yeah, I want to die. Yeah, the end's I don't know. Yeah. It's a little too long, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I usually think if it's over two hours, it's too long, unless it's over three hours. <laughs> All right. That's the rule. Next rapid. Okay, Mean Girls, could this be made into a bad musical? No. This would be <laughs> such a, like, it would, no way. I agree. I think it could. <laughs> like, like, honestly, <laughs> honestly, the B-plot with Danger and things, like, reminded me, like, of, of a Broadway musical. Like, just, like, you know, with, like, corny, like, delivery, like, I don't know, yeah. Is this Rear Window? No, it's not Rear Window. I still, I don't know what this means. Look, you need to research what Rear Window is before next week. Um, and then is this a missing girl movie? Not really a missing girl movie. The daughter is missing to some degree, but that's that's as close as we get with this. I think it is a missing daughter movie. <laughs> At the beginning, he's missing. He doesn't, he's, he's, uh, his daughter is gone. And at the end, his daughter, his new daughter, is gone. So well, Hillary Swank is not missing though. Well, she has also died. at the end, he is also gone. Oh, he's gone at the end. There's a missing man. <laughs> he's not missing. He's at peace, dude. But um, but also he, 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 no, he is. I I would argue that he's found. In fact, at the end. <laughs> I would argue that nobody knows where he is. But he's <laughs> literally missing. Okay. 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 The pre-scene, he says, if you do this, you're going to be lost. You're going to be lost like so much that you can't find yourself. Mm. Mm. All right. <laughs> do it. Do it that way. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Unless anybody has anything else. What are we going to watch Wait. next week? We'll pick. We'll pick off air. We won't. We won't. We won't make subject okay. people. To I, I don't want to do. I don't want to do like a, another convention. I want to do a. Okay, we'll push you. We'll push you. Tier yeah. one. Tier one. RT for next week. I don't know. What if we? We do can also uh, open this up to recommendations from our audience. No, 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 no. No recommendations. Is there an audience? No. No. Okay. <laughs> they won't. There's no recommendations. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. All right, peace out.